Hello, I'm Bianca. I'm Paloma. And I'm Tom. And you are listening to The Climate Press. A podcast where we aim to bring together climate science with public understanding and action. Welcome to a podcast on how to make a podcast, a special edition made by the Climate Press for the Students' Conference of the UK Royal Meteorological Society. We hope you enjoy it. We would like to share with you our experience and some tips to create your own podcast series from scratch and for free. Let's begin. The first thing that you need is some motivation to do this and confidence. It can be intimidating to put yourself out there, but remember that this is an evolving learning process for both you and your interviewees. And the motivation behind why you're doing the project should give you the confidence too. Why did you decide to create the Climate Press? By the time we created the Climate Press, we were attending all the new strikes for climate that were taking place in Leeds at the town hall. And we were talking with the kids and the adults and different people. And we we realized that uh, they had a lot of interest in knowing um, about climate change, the physical science basis behind climate change. They had loads of questions. So we thought, since we are... PhD students, we are climate researchers, why don't we use our expertise and our knowledge to make science, make the science we make um, accessible to everyone. So one of the reasons to create the Climate Press was to try to link climate science with public understanding and action, because we realized that the work we publish is often written in a way that is too technical, so not everyone can understand. And sometimes, or very often, you need to people need to pay to read your work, and that means that it's not accessible. And also we realized that sometimes the news about climate change are not evidence-based, so we decided to use our own expertise to collect climate change information and trying to make it understandable and easy for everyone to to understand. So one thing that is very important is to identify your target, your audience. You really need to adapt your language, content and ways of communication depending on who are you talking to. For example, this can be a non-expert audience, kids, academics, etc. Personally, I would like my mom to understand our podcasts. Well, in a hypothetical world where she speaks English. As well, we're finding that acquiring skills of good communication is a constant learning process, something that we're evolving and adapting as we go. Yes, and also you can ask for help. There are loads of online resources, uh, loads of online training to learn how to be a good communicator. Uh, We are lucky to to have a lot of help in the environment that we worked at. So we're very lucky to to get training. So what happened next? Once we had the main idea for the project, we started thinking on a cool name. That took a bit of time. And we started looking around for uh, a platform to host our podcasts and blogs. So there are a few free options out there, such as WordPress but you couldn't always upload audio files. So we decided to create a website rather than a blog site. 
After asking some friends that had some experiences in web domains, we decided to go for a one-on-one IONOS. Another handy tip from a friend was about Anchor. This is a great platform that we use for distributing our podcasts, although technically you can use Anchor for everything from creating to fundraising for podcasts. It's great. So once we uploaded our first episodes there, it was literally a matter of time before our podcasts were available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, you name it. I think we're on about eight different platforms right now, and we really didn't have to do very much. So using these web platforms also has allowed us to track information, like the number of plays for each episode, where in the world our listeners are tuning in from, and what app they're listening on, which can be really helpful for targeting our different audiences. Do you need any experience on web design? No, not really. In fact, the website platform has a very user-friendly interface. So there are many templates that you can choose Uh, There are different widgets or features that you can add or remove. So you can can really personalize your own website and you don't need to learn beforehand how to program in HTML or anything like that. So anyone really can make a website from scratch using these basic features. How did you find your guests? We are really lucky to be surrounded by great scientists here at the University of Leeds. We emailed a few people for interviews, and for the most part, they seemed to respond positively. The project has been well-received by our colleagues and fellow academics. Even from the very beginning, it was amazing how willing people were to collaborate with us. We've had guests from other universities too, like Professor Petra Chackert from the University of Western Australia, and local community organizations like Stephanie Robinson from Makertopia in Leeds as well as experts joining us from different disciplines. In our most recent episode, we spoke with healthcare professionals from the NHS in the UK and the HSC in Ireland. Um, What about the blogs? Well, we realised that sometimes to be able to publish in several uh, media, um, you really need to have a PhD. And um, for example, for us PhD students, we still don't have a PhD, so that means that we need to ask someone else to put their name on our blog. And we think that's rather unfair. So we decided to give our fellow PhD students the opportunity to publish their works or their discussions in in our website. And yeah, we've been asking colleagues and people and also sharing a call for blogs on on our website and on Twitter. And we received a really good response and people keep sending us blogs. And uh, with time, these blogs Uh, become more general in terms of uh, that we are covering a wider range of topics and we're very happy about that. Don't be afraid to reach out and email or get in touch with people who are experts in their field regardless of whether that's in academia or not because for the most part I think you'll be amazed at how receptive people are to communicate and Talk about the work that they're doing and if your platform, uh, if your podcast is a platform for helping disseminate that work and that information, most people are really excited to join. How do you edit your podcasts? Well, the editing process begins with listening carefully to the recording of our conversations with guests and finding the parts that are most interesting. We identify any parts that are not necessary or are overly long And then we cut the audio and merge it together to make a smooth and succinct conversation. 
We find places where the conversation naturally shifts topic and carefully inserts some music interludes to break up the conversation, give the listeners some additional interest and give them some places they can bookmark the podcast. I source music from friends and associates that I know in the music industry and that have kindly agreed for me to use their work. You must always seek permission to use someone else's work and be aware that some pieces are subject to royalties for their use. However, there are many sources of royalty-free music out there and many independent artists that would be happy for you to use their work. So you just really need to contact them through platforms like SoundCloud or Bandcamp or maybe on their social media pages. In the past, we've also used music from the Leeds University School of Music. There are many talented musicians in the school, so it's great to use artists that are involved with the university too. So once we've chosen the music and inserted that and done the cuts, we next check the audio for any artefacts. So this could be crackle or hiss or room noise, um, maybe reverb and echoes. So it's especially important to check the recording for, for these artefacts if, if the recording's been made in a poor acoustic environment or it's recorded from a video call. So obviously this is more important at a time like now where uh, it's impossible for everybody to get together in a small professional uh, studio environment uh, due to the social distancing. So the artefacts that you identify can be fixed uh, to a certain extent by applying some post-processing techniques. So I use things called uh, VSTs, so they're Virtual Studio Technology Audio Plugins. So you can use VSTs to remove things like sibilance, so that's um, pops and hisses from words with S's and T's and P's in them. You can use an equaliser, so that will adjust the frequency content of the recording, so any low kind of boomy frequencies or any high hissy frequencies can be uh, removed because they can be uncomfortable for the listener, um, particularly over kind of extended periods. This is also important to use an EQ if you've if you've captured audio from potentially poor uh, microphones or record recording equipment. Finally, we add audio compression uh, to the recording to ensure that the volume of the podcast is consistent throughout. So contributors will be heard at an equal volume. So any quieter parts are made louder and any louder parts are made quieter. And then the podcast is made mono. Uh, so this means that it can be heard equally in both ears. Uh, and this is especially important for people with partial deafness or those who use a single earphone to listen to their podcasts. So Tom, do we need any experience or special equipment? Well, I use a digital audio workstation or DAW uh, to edit the recordings. In my case, it's a program called Ableton, but there are several available on the market. This particular software is uh, quite expensive, but I also use it to produce music, so I already have it. But there are some free and open source DAWs available, um, so you just really need to have a search around for those. Not all of them have as many features as Ableton might have, um, but for doing something quite straightforward like editing audio, you know, doing cuts and adding some basic effects to the audio, um, they're, they're, they're fine. They'll, they'll be able to do that job. As I mentioned before, I also use several VSTs uh, to correct and improve the audio, but these again can be quite expensive. But Again, there are lots of free VSTs out there. So to do basic tasks like equalization, there's plenty of options out there. So really, you just need to have a look around. And there are plenty of places where you can you can learn to use these different uh, pieces of software. 
it's it's always best to try and use the best recording equipment that you have available to you and try to record in a quiet environment, preferably with lots of soft surfaces that will dampen any room noise. A professionally acoustic treated studio is of course best but i would highly recommend at least investing in a decent quality microphone or sound recorder the golden rule there really is it's best to get the best recording you can at source rather than to try and correct for a bad recording later it definitely helps if you have some audio production experience but it's not absolutely necessary like most things the more experience you have and the more knowledge you have, the better the quality of the final product. So some of the more advanced techniques that I use might be quite difficult to master. So, for example, compression is quite technical and um, can be quite difficult for the beginner. But it's not strictly necessary. And if you do need to use it, then you can try and get a free uh, compressor. And lots of them have presets that you can just apply that will do the basics for you. So if you do need something like that, then there are ways that the software can help you. At the end of the day, really, it is the content of the podcast that's most important. So all the polishing and post-production just improves the experience of listening to the podcast. And just a bit of learning of the basics, you can get a decent quality podcast to publish. And remember that there are lots of tutorials out there to learn basic audio production. So just have a look on YouTube or have a little Google around and you'll find lots of information sources out there. So how can I get involved? I'm glad you asked. Um, we are always looking for feedback as well as new listeners and blog writers. So please do not hesitate to get in touch with us either via our website, theclimatebreasts.com, or Twitter, at theclimatepress, and you can email us too, info at theclimatepress.com. See you soon, and remember, make love, not CO2.